0: Bandwidth for Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation
1: getaway. Command codes verified.
2: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
3: Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 152 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded on Thursday, December 5th, 2013, live on TrekRadio.net and available for download or streaming on Monday mornings at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm James. And I'm Elliot. Unfortunately, Tony was unable to join us for the entire recording of this episode as he's currently on a flight from Denver to Wichita. (laughs) However, you will hear him join us for a segment or two throughout the show. You see, our subspace transceivers are quite advanced. Or he owns a TARDIS... We can't confirm either of those things. All right, Elliot, tell us, what do we have in store this week?
4: Well, Elijah, this week we trek out a new show from the creative minds behind Priority One podcast. In Stone News, Q graces players with his talents and launches this year's Winter Wonderland with new environments, new rewards, and a new ship. This week we have a Field note segment with a first glimpse of the new green plush Breck Heavy Raider. And of course, as always, we'll open healing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners.
2: Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support us at Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. Visit Priority One Podcast and donate where you can. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a regular basis. Without your ongoing support, We would not be able to bring the show to you that we bring you. So thank you all so much, and we hope that your holidays are absolutely outstanding, safe, and uh, good with family.
3: Captains, don't forget that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. In her latest edition of Observer's Log, Candice Zanziger writes about convention safety, especially when traveling with family. In his latest edition of Utopia Planitia, Priority One Fleet's Robert Williams offers tips on creating a home for fleeties outside of the game. Check out their blogs only on PriorityOnePodcast.com.
4: As a matter of fact, you can join the team at PriorityOnePodcast.com as a blogger and share your opinions, reviews, and news with our audience. Reach out to us via email at incoming at priority1podcast.com.
2: The Priority One Fleet is recruiting. We are growing a small but tenacious in-game community, and we want you to be part of it. Just join the Priority One chat channel. The in-game command is slash channel underscore join Priority One, or just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. You can get that invite by sending it on over to fleet at
3: priority1podcast.com. Well, let's check out The Guard Frequency, a new project from Priority One Productions.
1: Join me, Then let's check it out.
3: Last nav check put me at Lagrange Point Four. This is Control. Be radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency.
0: Well, this week's Trek It Out has nothing at all to do with Star Trek and nothing to do with Doctor Who either. We just couldn't think of anything better to do in post. Um, We've got a new show here at Priority One Podcast called Guard Frequency. We're going to bring you all the news and views on an upcoming massively multiplayer online game called Star Citizen. We just wanted to take a minute or two and introduce the team. Here's Jeff, who runs our Priority One fleet. Say hello, Jeff. Hello. And Lennon, our resident miracle worker and token Brit. Hello. So Jeff, what is Star Citizen?
1: Well, set in the 30th century, centered around the United Empire of Earth, which could be thought of as a late Roman Empire in space, the game consists of two components, Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Star Citizen is a space
0: trading and combat simulator, or to give it the title bestowed on it by its development team, the BDSSE, the best damn space sim ever. Star Citizen will feature a persistent, massively multiplayer universe, mixing elements of first-person space combat and interstellar trade. Uh, Squadron 42 is a branching, single-player and dropping co-op multiplayer campaign set in the Star Citizen universe. A central theme of the game is citizenship, or lack thereof, in the UEE, the United Empire of Earth, which must be earned through player actions, like completing a period of military service. Once you've reached the lofty heights and have been granted citizen status, citizens will enjoy certain in-game benefits, like paying reduced taxes or having an easier access to interstellar trade, but the details exactly are not yet known.
1: The game is currently a unique crowdfunded pre-alpha stage and being developed by Chris Roberts, uh, Cloud Imperium Games. Now, if Chris Roberts' name doesn't sound familiar, maybe his previous titles might, like Wing Commander, Privateer, Star Lancer, and Freelancer, and Star Citizen is very much in this style.
0: So, do you want to get in at ground zero with Guard Frequency? Then why not follow us on Twitter at GuardFreak, Facebook at www.facebook.com slash guardfreak, and of course our website, www.guardfrequency.com And that's GuardFreak G-U-A-R-D-F-R-E-Q. Our first show is scheduled for release December 18th, so tune in and check us out. Now let's see what happened in Stone News. Quick, Tony, Tony, back in the TARDIS! Ah!
5: Computer, status report.
1: Status.
2: Incoming message.
1: I'm only in the mood for good news today.
2: Welcome to Stone News, Season 8, Dev Blog, number 23. Let's talk about it. Lead content designer Charles Gray announces the next Spire featured project. According to the blog, completing the project, Spire Lounge will clear out the crates in the southwestern room of the Spire interior, revealing a lounge area complete with various chairs, tables, and potted plants. This special project will be available from around 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Thursday, November 28th. 2013 until around when server maintenance starts on December 12th, 2013. So make sure and get on down there and get that project going so you can have a lounge. Ha 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 ha
3: ha! Tis the season, Captains! That's right. The holidays have been here since October 31st, or earlier, depending on which Hellspawn retail establishment you may have walked into. What does that mean for Star Trek Online? Well... Q is back with a flurry! Get it? With a flurry?
4: Get it? That's right, Captains. As of Thursday, December 5th, Q's Winter Wonderland is live on Holodeck with new environments, new prizes, and a new ship. In Season 8, Devlog 25 content designer Jadua Quantum Meerkat Ross introduces players to the new festivities Q has concocted. To start... When visiting Q on Quonos, Earth Space Dock, or New Romulus Command, captains will be transported to a new gingerbread colony, where you'll need to defend against animated snowmen. Your weapons? Snowballs. There's even a new PvE-Qed event called Winter Invasion, where you get to battle a yeti. Additionally, this year, there is a hidden present containing a winter holiday recipe. Find it? Take it to the Wonderland Chef and redeem it for holiday food and holiday commodities that you can redeem for costumes and prizes.
3: You'll also see the return of several winter Wonderland activities like The Fast and the Flurious, a competitive race that rewards EPO tags to breed special winter EPOs that can be kept as non-combat pets or turned in for marks of your choice. You'll also see the return of The Fastest Game on Ice, The race that grants you those coveted glossy pictures of Q to redeem for a new starship. You'll also get to fight the snowman that Q brings to life to win holiday commodities. And you'll also be able to find hidden accolades around the map. Now, let's talk some rewards, shall we? Now, there's a whole list of rewards that you can find on the Star Trek Online dev blog for this event But we're going to go through some of the ones that uh, caught our attention. So the first one is, if you feed a Tribble some holiday food, you'll breed a Winter Tribble, granting captains a resistance to repel, knockback, and cold damage. And this resistance will extend the buff to all nearby allies while the Winter event is active. You'll also have the chance to earn yourself a new holiday scarf and winter jacket. There's also advanced holiday weaponry like the Snowblower and the Big One. This year, you'll be able to earn a green Nano Pulse Lerpa or Batleth. And last, but certainly not least, trade in those glossy pictures of Q to earn yourself a Breen Pelesh Breck Heavy Raider Starship. James, why don't you tell us about that? Breck Heavy Raider Starship.
2: Guys, Season 8 devlog number 27 covers this Breen flash Breck Heavy Raider. That's right, Heavy Raider Captains. This is some new class that, uh, cryptics bragging about this raider class that we're going to be seeing more of so get ready for that uh this year's coveted prize the breck heavy raider here we'll just shorten it up to that because that's a mouthful uh the same raider seen during the Breen invasion of the ferris base this new ship boasts a pretty impressive uh, for its size pretty impressive armory so we're looking at a hull strength of 29,700 uh four weapons in the front two weapons in the back he has a base turn rate of 19 degrees per second bridge officer stations stand at one commander for tactical one ensign universal two lieutenant universal one lieutenant commander universal so pretty nice a lot of universals you can really do some modifications with that consoles run five tactical two engineering three science you get plus 15 to your weapon power nice it can equip dual cannons it comes with a console, the Sensor Disruption Field. It also has improved flanking. It can equip the Breen Energy Dissipator that's found on the Breen Shell Garret warship. And probably the biggest feature of the ship of all is the ability to flank an enemy, granting a 33% damage bonus. According to the article, the goal of the new flanking ability on the Breck is to use it as a prototype to fine-tune it before eventually rolling it out to Klingon Raiders, along with some other minor improvements to these ships it should be noted that Klingon Raiders will receive a slightly weaker I said weaker version flanking bonus probably somewhere around plus 25 instead of the uh, Brex 33 okay now the ship does come with its own unique console the sensor disruption field console which placates nearby foes and causes them to take more damage enemy attacks by reducing their damage resistance it also disrupts targeting sensors preventing them from returning fire on the Raider a very handy little thing once tied together with that flanking and other things. So, sounds like it has some promising abilities, Captains. I think we're going to really want to hear your uh, thoughts on the ship and uh, what you think it's going to bring to the game.
3: Well, here's the interesting thing. The best, probably the most talked about feature from this new ship is its new flanking ability. And what it is is that if you come from behind a an, an enemy ship and you start firing at them, you will receive a bonus, a flanking bonus, essentially. And as you mentioned, James, it's 33% damage bonus or 25 for for uh, Klingon raiders. That's pretty big. That's the first time we've seen something like that. Of course, we've seen that type of gameplay on the ground, but never in space. So how, you know, what do, what do you guys think? What do you think about this new flanking feature from these little raiders?
4: You know, Epsilonian was in TS uh, earlier today. And uh, just before we came on he was talking about this flanking feature and said, you know, I think I might want to dig up my universal subspace jump console. Here's the reading from uh the, the tooltip. Teleport three kilometers behind your target. So match that with flanking. And you hit I mean basically it could be kind of an I win button. You hit that, boom, you're behind the target and then you use the flanking and you're you've got a thirty percent damage buff instantly on their aft you know they I mean they probably won't have uh unless unless they're just a bucket of hit points they won't really be able to resist that attack
3: now now couple that with a 19 degree per second turn rate that that's pretty mean that's pretty mean
2: yeah it's it kind of I don't know it's going to be interesting to see what this new rider ability means to other escorts um from like the true escort class and so, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how this is going to play. It's either going to be a big, huge wham from the community or a big, huge cool from the community. But it's definitely going to be a balance issue. I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot more about this as it comes out.
3: Well, Captains, what do you think of the new flanking bonus on Raiders? How do you think this will enhance or detract from your gameplay? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Or in the Star Trek Online thread post for this episode.
2: All right, let's check out a guest blog covering the Karat Space Warzone. In a recent guest blog, Regulus of Lag Industries, a PVP PVE fleet, reinvites players to retry the PVE VP Space Warzone known as Karat. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, we know the difference. And uh, it was kind of this place that kind of went dead for a while. However. They're trying to spark some interest back in it with some uh, new things here. So located between the Federation and Klingon space in the Ita Eridani sector block, Karat is a repeatable PvEVP mission, boy that's a mouthful, that uh, will keep you on your toes. Not only do you have an objective to defeat the Borg, but you also are pitted against live players from the opposing factions. So you've got a PvE mission going on, while at the same time having to watch over your shoulder for, uh, you know, or birds uh, or Klingon uh, birds of prey decloaking over your shoulder if you're a federation captain or whatever end of that you end up on. So, if you're hungry to test your skills, then head on over to Krat, battle the Borg, battle an opposing player, and battle everyone all at once. It's kind of cool. But, don't worry, you won't go in alone. You and your team will work together to get the job done. So, not only will it count towards your PvP dailies for Dilithium, but you can also receive endgame gear loot from drops so get on in there try it out have some fun
3: now what's this we 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 seem to be getting tony in on a some subspace frequency tony are are you there
0: elijah elijah can you hear me i'm 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 in sub three degree weather out on the tarmac of the of the shuttle bay are you are you receiving my transmission
3: I I think we are receiving your transmission clearly. Thank you for being able to uh, ricochet the signal off of a satellite to our systems here in Priority One Podcast. Uh, Now, we we have some patch notes, and you, sir, are our resident patch notes expert. That helps translate the events. Now, I know you are currently traveling, and that's why you can't be with us here for the entire episode. But we'd love to get your interpretation of what's going on uh, and what has been added and changed and updated and fixed in this week's game,
0: sure. You know, I, well, you know, my, my particular talent is to take a whole long, humongous list of patch notes and then point out the things that uh, you know uh, people are going to be furious about, and then point and laugh at them. So that's what I do, uh, and, uh, and and actually, and some things to cheer about as well. Uh, for one thing, they resolved a very serious graphics issue, which uh, has been causing players to crash on boot up. The uh, the ever famous seventy seven forty one issue uh, that apparently has been resolved now, so people can get back and play in the game again. They also resolved an issue where sometimes you couldn't slot a project in the Dyson Joint Command Reputation System. Some people weren't able to uh, feed their commendation, uh, daily commendation project into the, into the queue, and that was causing some anger, but that apparently has been resolved as well. A huge improvement made to Character Eyes, some brand new artwork into the game. You guys uh, might have gone to check those. We're going to put a link in our show notes to
4: so people can see the huge improvement to the Character Eyes there.
3: My character has a soul!
4: Yeah, no, that, that'll definitely be nice, because, I, I mean, there is, there always has been that little bit of a, you know, the, the, the textures dead are so the good, but yeah, but the eyes just look a little dead. This really kind of brings it to life.
0: Also, uh, they've resolved an issue that was causing a number of missions to break during progression, so you'd hit a uh, mission and then you wouldn't be able to go any farther in the storyline You'd have to skip it. So uh, there's a number of missions, half a dozen at least. Go check uh, the patch notes for details on that. Sphere of Influence is now a part of that normal level progression found in the journal. You've got to be level 50, and they've taken away the Obelisk, the big carrier that's no longer a reward. Uh, you're going to have to wait for an episode rerun like they just got finished doing uh, to get that ship again, maybe. Uh, other rewards that were available from the initial playthrough uh, are available.
3: So, even though you don't get the obelisk, you'll still have the warp core, you'll have the omnidirectional antiproton, and you'll have the beam array, uh, which is, I believe, plus two accuracy, or
4: uh, two times accuracy is the modifier. So, at least you'll get the weapons. I'm told that omnidirectional beam array is wicked on a fighter,
3: it's wicked on my Mobius Destroyer. Spire Fleet
0: Holding. The fleet holding now includes a ship vendor unlock at Tier 1. The Fleet Chimera Heavy Destroyer, the Fleet Peku Heavy Destroyer, and the Fleet Danos Warbird Destroyer now come equipped with the Dynamic Tactical System console. Uh, Captains will need need to be level 50 to leave the fleet spire and enter the Allied Space Adventure Zone. The proper cooldowns are now in place for the Breach and Storming the Spire for both the Elite and the normal versions. So uh, your timing may be off if you're running those... Uh, at a certain pace. Sorry guys. Uh systems, well they've resolved an issue that was causing Tetrion beam rays to deal less damage than intended while enhanced with fire at will. So, yay, but watch out anybody that is fighting an NPC that has those uh, Tetrion beams is going to be hit get uh, hit with more damage from now on. They've resolved an issue, an issue that was allowing fire at will to apply certain enhancements twice per activation or per firing cycle. Sorry, guys. If you're enjoying that fire at will, hitting those procs twice, no more for you. Oh noes! That's right. It's fixed now. But on the other hand, they also result in issues that was causing certain powers to never ac- apply critical severity damage to successful crits when using fire at will. So your uh, enhancement procs that weren't uh, that will no longer be hitting. But you're gonna get crit hits that you weren't getting before, so that kind of evens out, guys. It, it's it's
3: all balance. It's all a,
0: it's a wash, guys.
3: Don't quit, don't cry. So okay, this is a big one, right? So they've fire at will's always been something that's been kind of finicky, right? From, from for several months. So now they've changed it yet again. It was applying certain enhancements twice per activation or firing cycle, which I guess was not good. So. I, I guess I would need to see the numbers on this. I, I we I, I want to hit the the forums. Maybe we'll talk about this next week. Um, maybe even have the opportunity of touching on this with epsilon later in, in field notes.
4: Yeah, he was he was also saying that that, uh, that uh, according to him anyway. I haven't verified this, but according to him, they they broke it and it's now not procking at all.
3: All right. Well, we'll see where that turns out. We'll see the response on the forums.
0: The team-wide dodge and avoidance bonuses provided by Team Ambush field no longer stack between multiple instances of the set bonus. Only the highest mark set will provide the bonus to the player's team. So it's no longer an advantage to have everybody slap on uh, that one suit of armor so that the ambush bonus stacks again and again and again. Just have one guy wear that armor. Everybody else can choose something else. Make sure it's Mark 12, though. Uh, the team-wide dodge and avoidance bonuses provided by the bridge officer trait veteran no longer stack only a single veteran bonus will be applied so time to mix up your bridge officer uh, uh layout one more time on your ground fighting the stealth portion of the distortion field omega force 2p set bonus is now canceled by outgoing actions which puts you in red alert so no more shooting and firing i took down a uh uh, one of those dinosaurs, like that. That was kind of fun. Uh, I cloaked and then was just shooting at him while I was uh, cloaked like that. So, sorry guys, no more of that uh, kind of business. So, the resistance buff provided though will persist for the full 10 seconds, even if your stealth is canceled. So you still get the bonus of the uh, of the damage resistance. Finally, on the exchange, we've got some advancements to the duty officers. There's going to be a frame around the duty officer portrait to tell you what allegiance it is. So no more buying Klingon doffs and not being able to slot them on your Federation starship because there's overlap, like Orion's on both sides and Klingon's on both sides and Corns on both sides. Uh, you'll just get a, a frame around there that says, you can use this guy, you can't use this guy. So that'll be a nice uh, addition. And uh, I think that's about the size of it there. But it was a huge, huge patch. Uh, A lot of things, a lot of fixes. I didn't cover even half or a third of what uh, went into it. Uh, So go check it out and uh, see if there's anything that uh, makes you
3: angry or happy or sad or mad or glad or confused. Let us know. That's right, Captains. This week's second community question is, what in the patch notes might have changed your gameplay? Let us know, of course, in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. Tony, thank you very much for stopping in uh, on your busy traveling schedule this week. Uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. All right, Captains, well, that wraps up Star Trek Online news. Let's get ready to be introduced to the new Breen Plesh Breck Heavy Destroyer with the help of Epsilon. I'm
1: sure there is an answer. Well, i better get some facts. Thanks.
3: And joining us for this episode's Field Notes is Epsilon, fleet leader of 1st Aquarius Division. And this episode, we are talking about the new Breen Plesh Breck Heavy Raider. We're going to get our first impressions and first reviews of this new ship that can be acquired uh, during Q's winter event this year by collecting all those amazing glossy little photos, uh, autograph photos of Q. Epsilon, thank you so very much for joining us this episode
5: pleasure to be here.
3: All right, so this new ship has landed on holodeck and is only available by collecting 1,000 of Q's autographed pictures. Now, uh, captains can go in and do the dailies and, and get the 40 autographed pictures per day, uh, and after you've collected the, a 1,000 of them, uh, you'll have access to the ship. Let's talk about um, the basics of this ship. Uh, first off, What does this ship most compare to? If we had to compare it to another ship that players might be more familiar with, what would that ship be?
5: Well, I'd say if you're talking about a Federation character, you'd be looking at the Fleet Advanced Escort. If you're looking at something the Romulans would have, looking a little bit more at the Fleet Mogai. Now, KDF players, you guys haven't gotten a fleet ship that has five tactical consoles just yet, so fortunately this ship, if you're looking to play like an escort, is going to be your first chance to get it. All you're going to be missing is a cloaking device on it.
3: Ah, but funny you mentioned that it lacks the cloaking device, but it does have a new feature uh, that will will see added to the game later on, and we'll talk about more uh, later on down the road. What is it about this ship that could be most attractive to players?
5: Well, if you like to live fast and blow things up quickly while well, preferably doing that before you explode yourself... You're gonna like this escort style of ship. Now, again, Federation characters don't have access to raiders, and we're not planning on having any sort of access to them. Gonna be a little bit more KDF exclusive. The Birds of Prey are the only raiders in the game, and they have cloaking devices, whereas this heavy raider does not have a cloaking device. So, if you're going to compare it to anything uh, that you might be flying Fed or Romulan, you're going to be going more with the escort-like ships, whereas UKDF players are already well accustomed to the sort of playstyle that a raider would uh, take advantage of. The sneak up on people and blow them up while you can. And this ship definitely caters to that. The only sort of bridge officer slot that you have locked into place is your commander tactical slot. Everything else on this ship... The one lieutenant commander, the two lieutenants, and the one ensign are all universals, which give you a lot of diversity on how you may want to build this ship and what you might want to focus on. That combined with five tactical consoles makes this thing very deadly if you happen to get it on you, or more importantly, if you happen to be using it to destroy something else.
3: The base hull stats for this ship are actually pretty, pretty low in comparison to those other ships. Do you think that that puts it at a disadvantage? Because in comparison, for instance, one would think that the Kumari and Dorian escort is a a bit of a glass cannon, and that has a hull strength of 32,000, whereas this new playable ship, the plesh, uh, has a hull of 29.7.
5: It is very comparable to the Kumari as well, if you're talking about something that you can immediately get your hands on. And yeah, it has even less hull, a little less shielding than you got on the Kumari, but... If you happen to be able to good at keeping your shields up, if you're looking at using emergency power to shields or using a more powerful shield, such as the ones you can find within your fleet if you've progressed far enough to get fleet-resilient shields, you shouldn't have too much trouble keeping yourself in one piece. Now, the only thing you would probably want to worry about are things that do bleed-through damage directly to your hull. Things like plasma procs, uh, some of the new procs that you're seeing off of the Protonic Polaron weapons that you're seeing out of the Voth reputation system. Not going to be seeing that too much from enemy NPCs aside from the Borg when it comes to the Plasma Burn, but as long as you can keep your hull in one piece and you keep your shields from going down the usual way of living as an escort, you shouldn't have too much trouble using this ship.
3: Now, for those captains that were able to get their hands on the Chalgret warship from last year's winter event, uh, you still have the opportunity of trying to get your hands on it this year if you have some leftover autographs. Uh, But there is a set bonus when you equip the sensor disruption field that comes with the plush with the Breen energy dissipator found on the Chalgret. Can you talk to us a little bit about this set bonus? Is it worthwhile in any way, and what applications can this
5: have in the game? Well, if you're going to be using the two piece set bonus, the Breen Energy Dissipator with the Sensor Disruption Field, um, you're going to be taking up two slots out of the remaining five, assuming you're throwing all of your tactical consoles into being energy, which uh, if you're trying to maximize your damage, you're probably going to want to do. And while it does grant a bonus to flow capacitors and Starship countermeasure systems, and it is a decently large bonus fact of the matter ends up being that you could probably be doing better off with some of the universals that you're getting out of your reputation system. There are other fun things that you can do with those slots as well, so I can't highly recommend the two consoles used together, but I can say, even though I haven't done that much testing with it yet, the sensor disruption field definitely works well in tandem with trying to get up close to your opponents and punching a hole through their shields before they have a chance to do anything about it. What it does is, when you're near an enemy... It will reduce their damage resistance, in addition to having a placate effect that makes it very difficult for them to actually target or do any damage to you without clearing that debuff off of themselves.
3: Now, probably one of the most handsome features of this new ship is uh, its turn rate. Uh, It is a turn rate of 19 in comparison to, for instance, the Kumari, which is uh, 16, or the Fleet Advanced Escort, which is only 16. Even the Mogai only has 14. The reason that that turn rate is so handsome is because they've introduced a new mechanic into the game for flanking. Which in this case for the Breen plush Breck heavy raider will actually grant captains a 33% damage bonus when flanking uh, an enemy ship from behind. Let's talk a little bit about this This flanking. We've seen this on the ground. This is the first time that we're going to see it in space combat. What does this mean for the game? How does this... What, what, what new play styles can we look forward to? How does this improve, or how does this take away from it?
5: You're not going to see that much of a difference from how ships in PvE are going to react. Enemy AI isn't going to be noticing the flanking going on, and they may still turn and try to go and target you, but it'll be a lot easier to keep on the tail of a computer-controlled ship than you're going to see in PvP. While it's definitely a welcome bonus, if you're going into escort versus escort battles, um, generally speaking, both players are going to be too busy trying to keep their noses on their enemies because you've got dual heavy cannons and most of your damage coming off of that to the point where your enemies are probably going to be pretty maneuverable and be able to take care of that. When you've got cruisers or anything else that happens to like broadsiding, it's still going to be kind of hard to get on the tail of your opponents. So even though it is definitely a welcome and added bonus, and this bonus is admittedly a little bit decreased against players rather than against NPCs, you're looking at only about an 11% bonus compared to the 33% bonus you're going for when you're attacking computers. But uh, even with this bonus it may still end up being a little bit difficult to get yourself into position when playing against players rather than against the game itself.
3: All right. Now, there is one last thing that could possibly make this flanking bonus um, a little more handsome for, for some players, and that is the use of the Universal Subspace Jumper console. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
5: Absolutely. What this console does is let you get right up in your enemy's aft Teleporting you three kilometers right behind them, and in ideal range for you to unleash a heavy barrage of whatever your dual heavy cannons up front can put a hole in. Usually, this is going to be their shields, but if you tear through them even quicker, you might just take them out before they even know what happened.
3: Now that that is a fascinating um, feature that you that now adds a new type of playstyle, especially using using this uh, this subspace jumper. Do you think it's worth it though? Do you think in PVE combat? Uh, it, it makes sense. Maybe maybe, uh, perhaps against the Voth when they use that uh, um, deflector.
5: Well, when it comes to the Voth, it's great for their most capital ship, which, if I remember correctly, has a subspace snare ability similar to the Bortosk and some of the Tholian ships that can pull you right in front of them and start shooting at you. Why not just teleport away if they're going to go and teleport you? <laughs>
3: good point good point
5: when it comes to the bigger clunkier npc ships you're probably not going to have too much issue with getting into position and taking them down so i'd say that the subspace jump isn't necessarily as important a feature there but if you're in pvp might not hurt to consider it it's not necessarily something that you might want to dedicate one console slot to especially given all the other very nice consoles that you have access to But once every three minutes, getting the jump, getting out of your enemy's airspace uh, into a spot that you want to be in, definitely going to be useful for the heavy raider. But when it comes to the other raiders, your birds of prey, they've got a battle cloak in them. Generally speaking, they're not going to need to suddenly reposition themselves when they can just hide themselves and then put themselves right behind their opponents when uh, they least expect it.
3: Now, how can players get their hands on the universal subspace jumper?
5: Good news for the KDF is that it's available through the C-Store, available off of the shitang Bird of Prey, whereas Federation players, unfortunately, unless you have your hands on a couple of old lockboxes, you're probably going to have to look this console up on the Exchange. This comes from the Golden Era, when Cryptic allowed cross-faction consoles to drop from lockboxes. This cross-faction console will allow Federation and allied Romulans to get access to the subspace jump which normally would only be found on KDF ships. I'm going to mention one last thing that you over on the Kaplas side might t- very much enjoy. Since you guys have access to some other goodies that you can put onto your ships, don't forget that if you're using Polaron weapons with this vessel... You'll also get the advantage of the flow capacitor bonus that you're going to see from the two-piece bonus of using the uh, two Breen consoles that come off of the two Winter Event ships. In addition, you have the benefit of throwing down acetone assimilators, and what you can do with this heavy raider is turn it into a very potent energy drain build that wouldn't be surprising if you knock your enemy shields offline before they even have a chance to put a hole in them.
3: Well, Epsilon, thank you so very much again for stopping by. We very much appreciate your knowledge uh, and everything that you share with us here on Priority One Podcast. Thanks again.
5: Always a pleasure to stop by and make sure you get that race in every day.
3: All right, Captains, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming.
5: Message
2: coming
3: in,
1: sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other.
3: Our first piece of feedback for episode 151 comes from Orangitis, the author of the crew discussion thread we reviewed last episode. And he wrote in Honestly, I'm not that fond of most of the ideas of the crewmen level in relation to the doff system. Except, though, the cap of doffs you can have in relation to your ship. In other words, each ship having their own mass of doffs. So, Tony, he disagreed with you. Oh, yeah. Wah, wah.
2: Jaupin writes in with a reply to our community question What features would you like to see in a Stowe Companion mobile app? He says, at the very least, Dolph Assignments Come on, kind of like a no-brainer, right? That is coming for S8 of Season 8, that is According to what we've been told Since it was never retracted, I can assume that it is there I'm sure that Cryptic has had an idea of what they would like But we're not sure what that is
4: Ukami87 writes, It's hard to just put into words what I want for a companion app for Stowe. Because of this, I made a website where these ideas I posted in the controls section of the forums a month or so ago, but it never got any interest, so I never followed up on it. However, seeing as it pertained to the Priority One podcast question, I decided to do this today.
3: All right, Captains, we encourage you to check out Ukami's website, which is joshuastoweideas.webs.com. Dot com. We are hearing in from Raven regarding Arc, And he writes in saying, I have to say that if people are hanging on to their last CPU cycle playing Star Trek Online, and a game manager such as Arc is going to drastically affect their gameplay, then it's time to upgrade their system and stop fooling themselves into thinking it's because of Arc or any other program. I gotta say, I have to agree with this. I highly doubt that Ark is going to be take away that many resources from the computer just to play Star Trek Online. Um, as for privacy, you know, Big Brother's always watching. I don't think that Perfect World is going to be selling this off to any any government.
2: Rob DMC sends in. In this episode, there seemed to be a continuing concern about Ark and privacy. This is stupid. If I were Perfect World. I would not put that in a separate tiny launch where there's any excessive drive scanning and network access would be noticed. I would put the 14 gigabyte game Star Trek Online that is already on the system that constantly uses the network resources and accesses the hard drive. It would be a needle in a haystack. Perfect World does not need Arc to get on your system. They are already there.
3: It's true. I mean, listen, when it boils down to it, like I said earlier... Big bro, if you're on the internet, if your computer is jacked into the internet, somebody's watching.
4: Woody Valley writes, good discussions all around. Have a good Thanksgiving, USA. Thanks, Mike.
3: Rogue Jawa writes, as far as a crew system, I rarely ever look at it. I honestly don't notice much of a difference in the way I play, whether it says everyone is alive or that my ship is being crewed by corpses. So I don't think I'd miss it. I do think it would be a shame if they just mothballed it, though. Elijah's idea would make it feel much more Trek to me. That is, having your ship debuffed until you get to a starbase to replace all of the little Ensign Sam Lavelle's, Cedo Jax's, and Tariq's that you need running around the lower decks to keep things going. Maybe it should involve a torpedo firing animation and bagpipes. <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> keep up the great work. Now, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't uh, my idea about the, uh, the whole going to a starbase. Uh, that was actually another player in that same thread post that mentioned it in terms of the whole death penalty thing. So, But yeah, I, you know, I hope they don't mothball it. I hope they just reinvent it.
2: Okay, our next one comes from Admiral Jolson Fall. As for the crew revamp, I would love the idea of building up a white doff or buffer for crew damage as well as the proposed doff ability debuffs. This would add a new strategy to the game and an interesting mechanic for death besides our timeout corner. The crew mechanic should give cruisers a sort of a buffer for subsystem damage. One of the major things that needs to be changed is that torpedoes and kinetic damage should do a flat number of crew injuries, not a percentile percentile system. This would rebalance the system and make it more viable. Not a bad
3: idea. We've got our old host for Priority One Podcast, Mark, writing in with, Hey guys, I wanted to pipe in with my ideas on what a companion app could do for Star Trek Online. First of all, there is the simplest implementation allow the app to manage DOFs at special events that can only be activated when away from the main PC for the DOFs things like battle on the second watch while you were asleep, while you were asleep, and captains on vacation scenarios where the DOFs had to step up and help bridge crew make it happen. This alone would ensure it was using the app, an quote-unquote off-main DOF engine, even if just standalone, would be amazingly welcome. Also, adding in functionality to tie the tablet or phone to your in-game experience would be fun, but I am afraid it might be distracting as well, or be of such an advantage that people forget to pay attention to the main game.
4: Every week we get new followers on Twitter, and we're pretty sure they're all real people. Thanks to everyone who's jumped on the Priority One social media train. Be sure to keep up retweeting and favoriting all those lovely messages on Twitter.
3: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show or submit your responses for our community question in the comment section for this episode or on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode. Now, we're also introducing a new way for you to leave feedback. You can call us and leave us a message. Just visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and use our SpeakPipe widget or give us a call at 609 619 0834. Here's this week's voicemails.
1: Hi guys, it's a priority one podcast. My name is Brandon, and my in-game is Brandon's Sword. And uh, I'm calling to congratulate you on the 150 episodes and so forth. It's a little bit late because I didn't have your phone number until after the podcast that I got. And uh, but I wish you the best, everybody. I've enjoyed your podcast immensely. I found a lot of great information. Okay. I've been playing the game for about three years, and. Uh, and you can ask one of the devs and stuff like that, what is that little blue guy that looks like he's walking and so forth that, that, that's on the, um, on the ground battle zone and stuff like that sometimes. I pass that. I know there is some kind of buff or debuff and stuff like that. And that red X, what is that? I mean, what kind of buff or debuff is that and so forth. I'm, I'm just curious, but thanks a lot for everything. You guys have been great. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot for you guys, and I l- love getting all the information that you got about the game and stuff like that, and uh well, I hope you guys play this on your show, if you get a chance, and stuff like that, but if you contact the devs, stay to the devs for me, congratulations on everything, this, this is a fantastic new game, and you know, I love the boss, and stuff like that, so I uh, give my best, and I hope you guys do well, and uh, another 150 um, podcast for you guys be well live long and prosper Applause. hey guys dj summerwolf here just wanted to call and wish you all happy thanksgiving and uh remind you not to eat too much because then you'll be sick <laughs> talk to you later
3: A special thanks to everyone who left us a message. Be sure to reach out to us. Again, use our SpeakPipe widget on PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can give us a call at 609-619-0834. And if neither of those work, shoot us an email with a short MP3 recording. You can send that recording to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
4: Well, that wraps up episode 152, recorded live on TrekRadio.net. Remember, every Thursday night we are live recording on Trek Radio starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific.
3: As you know, Captains, we love hearing from you, our loyal listeners. If you have a suggestion, an idea, or a topic for any of our segments, or you have general feedback about this episode, our email address is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can also send us a voice message through our SpeakPipe widget, a telephone call, or record your own short message and email it to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
2: Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head on over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at Priority
4: One is brought to you by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to find out how you can help support the show. And again, a special thanks to everyone who has contributed and continues to do so.
3: Don't forget, Captains, to support a friend of Priority One Podcast. Check out Splatter Studios' Trek-inspired canvas art by visiting their new Etsy store. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. And if you haven't already, they have a beautiful rendition of the Vesta-class starship.
2: Special thanks to Epsilon for introducing us to the new Breen flesh, Breck heavy raider mouthful of ship in this week's field notes thanks to the entire team behind priority including our new audio engineer two-time emmy award-winning skiffy thanks to the composer of our awesome theme music mr chris Watts. watt Cacao. you're awesome sir thanks to our syndication partners subspace radio blackstar radio and trek radio a special thanks to our sponsor sayulita.com most importantly folks big thanks to you Stowe community and our listeners without you guys and your ongoing support well we'd all be freezing our butts off in three degrees thank you so much for listening stay warm have happy holidays and be safe god bless you all
0: enemy ship on sensors red
2: alert shields up ready weapons
4: engage
3: My captains well that wraps up star trek online news let's get ready let's get ready to learn let's get ready to be introduced
4: uh, let's
5: get ready to rumble
4: you can join the team at priority1podcast.com as a bl- uh, as a badger <laughs> 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 it's dot .com this week, uh, anyway, orangeitis. This is, but it's episode one fifty. 150, episode one fifty-one. <laughs> Are you okay? You sound no, like you're... I'm having a I'm having an aneurysm. Leave me alone. Leave me to die. He started
3: the episode, yeah, but by this saying... is feedback. Oh, yeah, from... but this is feedback for episode one fifty-one. I think he can handle this.
4: I can't handle
3: this. <laughs> All right, feedback in three, two. Hello,
4: captains. Feedback. Forward. Don't sound like you're what? suffering for the I'm sweet love of God. That's my you normal I'm, voice I'm, Captains, <laughs> put me out of my misery. <laughs> just, just just shoot me. Face me, bro, face me.
3: God. Oh, feedback. Oh, feedback. Feedback. <laughs> this is the
2: okay. soul crushing right. tone that is my life.
4: Do you know how cold it is here? <laughs> yeah. Ask
2: me how cold it is. Shouldn't you be talking higher than...
4: <laughs> Elliot, how cold is it there in Minnesota? It's three!
2: It's three. Negative. The temperature
4: is three. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a nice balmy... Uh,
2: no, it was it was 18 degrees this morning where I live. But it did get up to 52 by the midday. And I'm in Central California.
4: With a 25, negative 25 degree wind chill on top of it. Oh.
3: What do you wear? Do you have to dress? Do you have to like, do you have to cut open a bear and like get inside <laughs> a <tauntaun>. it? A <laughs> time. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, Orangitis, in last week's episode, wrote,
3: honestly. In la- it wasn't last. You <sighs> see, that's why I wrote last episode, because it wasn't last week. Maybe if people
4: should read the notes before you get on the show, then perhaps we wouldn't be having these problems.
3: <laughs> you know what? I'm starting this one. All right. We've got feedback coming in for Orangitis. You've got a case of the orangeitis. It's three. It's three. All right.
4: And the link is right there.
2: <laughs> and the link is right there for those of you listening.
4: For those of you who have access to this doc, which is the three of you. So,
3: All right, Captains, we encourage you to check out Ukami's website, which is joshua.com.
4: Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Just spit that, that out.
2: Go <laughs> ahead. Come on, cool guy.
4: So Mark, our very own Mark of uh, historic P1 fame, uh, writes in.
3: Oh, it's our Mark. Oh. It did I just say did that?
4: It. Didn't I just wait like, for the last 30 seconds? Isn't that all I've been talking dude, about? Listen, dude, listen. It's like dude,
2: 78 look, degrees here, look, okay? <laughs> look, mandroid mandroid just had his generation's data moment where he's like i finally get it <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the guy in the gorillas who can stay but the frig, he's gotta go you know yeah he just,
4: he... Uh, so I while think you he... were asleep yeah. the borg decided to invade <laughs> right. Seriously.
3: will you stop so I think, I he's, think he's having a hard to...
2: time his tongue is going numb okay his eyeballs are frozen let the guy read <laughs>
3: elliot take twitter and
2: facebook uh
4: all right nothing interesting facebook okay
2: um. That's why he gave it to you. <laughs> He's said, like, "Why don't you take this one? There's nothing there. Good job. Moving on." <laughs> and I'm out.
4: I'm I did it. Okay, I'll read the, I'll read the blurb thing. I why read don't you blurb. ask him what the temperature is? Elliot's there. like, I'm gonna, I'm,
3: gonna go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go.
5: I'm
2: gonna go sit on a blowtorch. I'll I'll see you guys next time. You know?
4: Every week, we get new followers, and we're pretty sure they're all real people. Thanks to Who everyone wrote who... that? I don't know. <laughs> I like it, that. though. I really like it.
3: God almighty. <laughs> no, we ha- I have not been reading it. I have not. This is my last week. I just want your guests to know, okay?
4: <laughs> Tune in next week for Guard Frequency. As we... <laughs> Starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And why would we bother to mention Central Time? <laughs>
2: if you can't do it's, math. Because it's three years,
4: <laughs> so we're just not even gonna mention the entire time zone. Because it's three.
2: They can't yeah. they can't do math there because their fingers are frozen. Lead content desire. Desire? desire. Ooh. <laughs> Charles Grey. I desire some gray. You. I desire some Charles Gray hot. <laughs> oh my! Let's try that over.
4: In season eight, deb, 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 in so eighty b 25 it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
2: yo man talk to Jamaican Santa Claus. He'll yo give man, you man
4: in So8b25. calm you right down. In So8. Okay, three, two. There's even a new PvE queued event called Winter Invasion, where you'll get a Battle Yeti. Battle yeti. Did they have no, Battle Yetis? You'll yeti get two so? Battle. No,
2: you'll get two no, okay. Battle. You'll get a Battle Wookie, and he'll follow you around. Where
5: you'll get a load of top shelf Battle Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> what this console does is it lets you get right up in your enemy's aft, and what this does is put you. <laughs> no, no, three- no, 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 I can't allow that. <laughs> Oh fine, <laughs>
3: <laughs> blooper. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that.
0: Also, I'm really disappointed because technically it should be Doctor Who.
4: And that's going in the blooper.
0: <laughs> I've never, I've okay. never been in a bro- blooper reel. Oh my god,
4: blooper now you're in <laughs> <ready> twice. <laughs> also, Lennon, is there any way to make you sound less like Mr. Bean? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another
3: setting yeah. That's right next to the German thing, Mr. Bean. It's a check. It's a check box.
1: Mr. Bean. Will check and, uh, let's
0: have a look. Um, we are just popped out for lunch.